0: Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less. 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving With Steve, Steve Sexton.
1: Hello, welcome to the Saving With Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun relates to you having a happier, healthier relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I wanna thank you for joining us. I wanna send a special thanks to all our listeners, our viewers. We have over 600,000 here in the United States now and we're increasing to over 60,000 overseas so we're very thankful for that thanks for sharing us with your friends and family now today we're going to be talking about timeshares the ins the outs the ups and downs how do you redeem timeshares how do you spot a good investment without all the pressure that goes along with the timeshare we're so lucky to have the timeshare crusader lisa shire here now lisa's been participating in timeshares since 1998. She started her career as a salesperson, a manager, with a resorts in around the Orlando area. Now, like a lot of people, grew increasingly frustrated with the antiquated marketing high-pressure sales techniques that were sadly are still the norm. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Now, what she did is she flipped the script and said, hey, I want to be a catalyst for positive change. So she wrote the book, Surviving a Timeshare Presentations, Confessions from the Sales Table, and Timeshare Vacations for Dummies. Now, she's also co-authored a definitive college textbook on timeshares. She's a frequent contributor to major media outlets, sought-after speaker consumer advocacy groups. She provides content to consumeraffairs.com, senior news, rockstar finance, she's got this really cool blog called Tell It Like It Is. It's the timesharecrusader.blogspot.com where she covers all the essential issues and all that kind of good stuff. So, Lisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here.
2: Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Very much looking forward to this.
1: Our listeners have been looking forward to this more than you know, because even though I do financial consulting, there's a lot of people have timeshares, and some are very frustrated with them. Some are very happy with them. Some felt like they got pressure from the second they walked into the room, so to speak. And others said, hey, it was the best experience I've ever had. What I'd like you to do is just kind of walk through when somebody signs up for a timeshare, like the last time I was in Hawaii, they said, hey, if you'd like to go do this snorkeling event, instead of paying $200 a person, you can do it for $45 or for free if you go to this presentation. So is that typically the way they bring people in?
2: Yes. Most people buy a timeshare while they're on vacation. And typically you are bribed or incentivized, to use a better word. Um, you are bribed with either, as you said, a discount on some tickets for local activities or sometimes it's a discounted stay at the resort. But typically you're incentivized. and what you're part of it is that you need to attend this sales presentation, which sometimes is called a sales presentation. Oftentimes, it's called a resort update. But rest assured, it's a sales presentation. And as you and many of your listeners have probably experienced, um, they're never quite as short as they make it sound to be. And it's never simple. And it's almost always high pressure. But that's how the vast majority of people get uh, purchased, their first timeshare is directly from the developer. Yes.
1: Now, so help people understand the psychology behind the presentation. Is it a big group-type presentation where everybody's sitting in chairs in a conference area, or are they at tables and people are being talked to in a group of four or five, or is it done individually? How's it done?
2: Great question, Steve. It can be done any number of ways. When I was still selling timeshare it was an individual thing. So I, as the salesperson, went out to the lobby, I met my clients, and it was a one-on-one presentation. I have seen resorts where they do a group presentation, also known as a podium pitch, because there's somebody up at a podium pitching the timeshare. But at some point, you are going to be separated from a group and have a one-on-one with your salesperson who's going to be showing you the benefits and the price of whatever it is they're selling. But typically, most presentations that I'm familiar with, they start off as a one-on-one because part of the psychology, as you were talking about, is the warm-up where the salesperson is trained to warm up, talk to you as a person, not as a client, get to know you, Um, Get your guard down a little bit before they start in with the actual sales presentation, Um, which typically is it's a 10 step presentation. The most important part and what I always tell consumers, the most important part of the presentation is where the salesperson is asking you, the client, the questions Um, And the reason I say it's the most important, Steve, is because most people don't understand this, but the person asking the questions is the one in control of the presentation. So always remember that the person asking is the one in control.
1: That's really important to know, because if you're not asking the questions, that means you've lost control. And then what's the next step after the questions?
2: It's the uncovering of the so-called vacation problem. What would make your vacations better? And whatever your answer is as the client, the answer is always going to be, this timeshare will solve your vacation problems. So it's the uncovering of the vacation problem. The solution in form of the timeshare is then presented. Then you typically go on a tour. You see the resort. You see the lovely amenities. The room. At this point, you still don't have any idea of what the price is. Then we come back, and then we discuss the price, the closing. Um, maybe a sales manager is called in, but in most typical timeshare presentations. The price is never discussed until towards the end of the presentation.
0: Okay,
1: so if somebody says, well, how much does all this cost? They'll just say, hey, we'll get to that. Is that usually with the response Absolutely,
2: is? absolutely. Okay,
1: yeah. so how do they present the price? That's actually has to be done in a special way because people are spending sometimes tens of thousands of dollars to get a timeshare.
2: Right. The price of a timeshare is typically presented after the salesperson has um, uncovered or talked about how much is the client spending already on vacation. So they will talk about hotel costs. They will talk about hotel inflation. They will talk about how many more years of vacation are you planning on doing. And then they will compare that price with the price of whatever timeshare that they're showing you.
1: Okay. So, so it's never
2: presented in a um, in a vacuum. What I mean is it's always used as a comparison to what are you spending now and what will you spend in the future?
1: I see. Okay. So basically the, the whole goal is to say, hey, this is a less expensive option. That's really, really, really nice. Correct. Now somebody says, yeah, I'd like to go forward, but I can't write you a check for $20,000 do they have payment plans
2: yes most timeshares will take a deposit a down payment 10 maybe 20 percent, sometimes less
1: now one last thing before we go to our break um what's the typical commission a timeshare salesperson a person would earn
2: years ago it used to be much more i've heard it's in the range of somewhere between three to six percent so not a lot that six percent may increase based on how much the salesperson sells in any given
1: month. Okay, that's great. Hey, look, everybody, we've got a wonderful discussion here coming on with Lisa Schreier, the Timeshare Crusader. You're going to stick with us. We're going to be right back with more Lisa Schreier.
0: More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on The Saving with Steve Show.
1: Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving With Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reductions, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving With Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving With Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon.
0: Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving With Steve Show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. We've been talking to Lisa Schreier. She is the timeshare crusader. She just went through in the first segment how somebody would go through the whole process, how the salespeople look at you when they're looking to sell you a timeshare. And we found out how much they make. And if you think about it, if they see 20, 30 people a week for a timeshare presentation and they end up selling half of those, that means they're selling $300,000 worth of timeshares on a weekly basis, and they're getting 5 6%. That's a pretty good earnings. So keep that in mind. They make a lot of money. One thing before we go on to the next question, Lisa... How long is the typical individual presentation? Is it like 30, 40 minutes? Is it an hour? How long does it typically go?
2: Typically, I'd say three hours. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, I had been doing this for five years when I finally stopped selling. And as much as I knew and as much of a veteran as I was, it's almost impossible to get out all the information in two, two and a half hours. So I'd say typically, even though whatever piece of paper you're signing that says you agree to this presentation, understand that it's almost never going to last only that long. So I'd say three hours is, is a good a good idea of how long it's going to take.
1: Okay, perfect, perfect. Now, there's a bunch of pros, there's a bunch of cons to timeshares. let's talk about the pros. Somebody has the ability to go to a familiar location every year without unpleasant surprises because they've seen the resort, they know what's going on there. And from that perspective, I know people who actually love going to their timeshare every single year. In fact, I know some people who have a timeshare at the Marriott, the Black Rock in Hawaii, and they just love it. In fact, people ask to buy their timeshare, which has been very nice for them. They like the resort like amenities and services because basically they pretty much have everything like a a Marriott. And they also like the the hassle, um, to avoid the hassle of booking a new vacation every year. They just know they're going to Hawaii during their their special week and they've got a great week during the year. But on the flip side, one of the things you alluded to earlier that people might be paying $1,000 a year in association dues, costs, and those ongoing costs keep going into perpetuity. Let's talk about that. Let's have people understand what the impact of those Long-term charges are.
2: Sure. So in addition to the purchase price and the ongoing annual maintenance fees, there's also a fee for joining the exchange company. The exchange company lets you exchange or trade your timeshare. The two major exchange companies being RCI and Interval International. Um, whatever resort you buy at is going to be affiliated with one or in rare cases, both of them. So there's a fee for joining the exchange. Then there's an actual exchange fee, which is running about a domestic exchange is running, I believe, $279. So that's something to keep in mind.
1: Okay. Well, let um, me ask you this. The exchange sure. fee is so you you say, hey, you know what? I I have the week of July 15th but I want the week of August something, but I also want to be in Cancun as opposed to Hawaii. Is that Correct. the exchange? Okay, so that, in other exchange. words, they're exchanging their week for a different week or exchanging their location for a different location. Correct. Okay, Correct. so if they want to and do there's that, there's a two fee. two
2: main exchange companies, as I said, RCI or Interval International, referred to as II. Um, so there's a fee for joining. There's a fee for exchanging. Um, there might be... Um, especially if you own on the beach, there might be occasional special assessments. Again, um, it's one thing people tend to forget about asking, but it's very important to ask about special assessments. Um, have they been levied? If so, how much have they been levied? It was a famous case a few years ago, a resort in Hawaii um, assessed a $5,000 special assessment for water intrusion. Um, their owners were not happy. Um, so it's important to ask these questions. Um, so some resorts will levy a cleaning fee because unlike a hotel where there's typically at least pre-COVID daily cleaning, most timeshares do not have daily cleaning, important to ask. So there's a lot of costs associated with the timeshare that may be glossed over in the presentation which are very important for consumers to understand, because as you said, they will go up um, back in the early two thousands. When I started selling an exchange was $99 and now it's close to $300. So it's important to keep that in mind.
1: That yeah, add on the cleaning fees and things like that. Now um, you talked about special assessments. Um, I know of people who have had those special assessments and um, they give them the ability to pay over time, but it's basically an increased cost. Um, sure. In some cases, they uh, had to come up with an extra $300 a month for two years in order for, to deal with their portion of the special wow. assessment, which was really an eye opener for them. Now, we always have people who, and I've been asked this from time, time to time about timeshares where they're saying, hey, you know what, we're not really going anymore how do we sell this? How do we get out of this timeshare? And they realize they're unable to get out of the timeshare. And then there's many companies that are are lawyers that'll try and help them get out of timeshares. So, you know what? What do people need to know going in is this is something into perpetuity, right? Correct. But if they need to get out, how do they get out?
2: It's a great question. And I would say 90% of the calls and emails I receive have to do with people wanting out. Um, so that fault they fall into two categories. First category is the timeshare is fully paid off. Second category is the timeshare is not fully paid off. They still owe on it. Let's tackle the second one first. If you still owe on your timeshare, there is a ninety-nine percent chance that you will not be able to sell it. And the reason is quite simple. The industry does, um, in my opinion, they do their best to suppress the secondary market. So the value of their timeshare on the resale market is in 99% of the cases less than what you owe on it. If you take a quick look at eBay or Craigslist, there's people selling their timeshare or trying to sell their timeshare for a dollar. So if you still owe on it, you're you're in big trouble because you're not gonna be able to sell it. It's just a simple fact. Now, if it's paid for, um, you can, there is a legitimate secondary market, In rare cases, some developers will buy it back, but that's in very rare cases. Um, A stopgap measure is, of course, you may want to rent your timeshare on the open market and at least rent it for what your maintenance fees are because that's a way of recouping at least some of your money. Um, But there is a legitimate secondary market. Just understand that the value of their timeshare is in most cases, less than $2,000 on average.
1: Okay. So if you want out, you're maybe getting 10, 20 cents on the dollar if you're lucky.
2: Correct. And some of the uh, the other thing you mentioned, um, there are any number of companies out there that claim to be able to get you out of your timeshare. Now, Steve, I don't like generalizations. So I will say 99% of them are outright scams. First of all, if anybody contacts you up front, if they initiate contact, it's a scam.
1: Here's the next thing. If somebody's looking at getting a timeshare, they're interested in a timeshare, maybe going to the presentation to get the timeshare, how do they, how do they get a great deal?
2: Well, a great deal varies, Steve, as you know from person to person. But I always tell people, check the secondary market first because that timeshare that the developer is selling for an average price of $20,000 can be found on the legitimate secondary market for, as you said, 10 to 30 cents on the dollar. So it's always a good idea to check what is it going for in the resale market understand that some developers do put usage restrictions on a secondary market timeshare. So again, um, even if you're buying on the secondary market and you supposedly have lots of time, because there's no pressure, you need to understand what it is you're buying. So what I've done is I've, I've condensed a lot of knowledge into 19 questions that people must ask before they buy a timeshare. And I throw in an additional nine if they're buying it on the resale market. And in, you know, I'm not ripping people off. I charge $8.99 for that. So it's 19 <laughs> questions you need to ask. And I always tell people who hesitate, you want to spend $8.99? or you wanna make a $20,000 mistake?
1: Well, you know what, I think that's interesting that um, people obviously like things for free, but you never get anything worthwhile for free. So uh, absolutely. Uh,
2: uh, Long time readers know that I say avoid anyone who uses the words free, perfect, always or never.
1: <laughs> you know, that's a good philosophy. So how do people go about getting that those 19 questions plus the nine more if they're buying in the resale market?
2: Sure. They can email me directly at Lisa Schreier. That's S-C-H. R-E-I-E-R 617 at gmail.com. If they miss that, just Google the Timeshare Crusader and they can find me online on my blog. I also tweet at Lisa Looks At so they can reach me any number of ways.
1: Okay, could you tell everybody... Um- um, um how to how to how to follow your blog.
2: Sure. If they, uh, the easiest way is Google the Timeshare Crusader or if they already want to type in the web address, it's the word. Wait, I forget I changed I changed the domain a little while ago. So it's <laughs> the timeshare dot
1: And hey everybody, if you would like to get those 19 questions plus the nine more if you're gonna buy in the secondary market, Lisa, could you give your uh, email to get that one more time?
2: Sir, sure, it's Lisa Schreier. <laughs> That's L I S A S C H R E I E R 617 at gmail.com.
1: Lisa, I want to thank you for being here today. I think you've given our listeners a wealth of information. And I think it's really important to understand what somebody's going to put you through before you go do it. Uh, Absolutely. And to know that if I like that. You know, take a moment if you're going to make a big decision where you say, you know what, I'm going to take two days and think about this, regardless of how much time you spent with them. And if you're really thinking that you should be doing it, hey, obviously, go back because they're going to let you do that. They're going to they're going to allow you to buy it. Uh, But if you don't think about it anymore and you don't think it's important, obviously, it's a good decision because you would have you would have not used it and had buyer's remorse. So correct. So again, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you. you. And you know what? Stay safe, stay healthy. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We're gonna be right back with more Saving With Steve.
0: More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on The Saving With Steve Show.
1: Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving With Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving With Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving With Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon.
0: Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving With Steve Show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton.
1: Hey, You know what? I want to thank you all for joining us. This is Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. I want to truly thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you letting your friends and family know about the Saving with Steve show. All replays are available at www.savingwithsteve.us. If you're enjoying the stories of helpful information inside with Saving with Steve, then I encourage you to subscribe to our Google Play, Spotify channel, our YouTube channel, so you never miss a show. And check out a few of our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, AMFM 247, all these networks are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems, uplift your spirit, and live a life of personal and financial freedom. Also, follow us on Facebook and join the Saving with Steve Sexton's Insiders Club uh, at savingwithsteve.us. You can get all the replays, guest gifts, and more. Now, Lisa Shire is wonderful. You probably want to re-listen to that, but now I'm going to be talking about how to calculate how much you need to save in an emergency fund. It's pretty interesting. You know what? Sudden car repairs, medical emergencies, job loss can all lead to unexpected debt if you're not prepared. And many people experienced that over the last two years and are still experiencing that. How much should you save to safeguard your finances? It's a difficult thing to predict how much these and other emergencies could cost. But saving three to six months worth of expenses is a good goal if that seems too steep saving even saving even five hundred dollars will help you avoid going into debt uh to finance a small car repair or a medical bill so here's what we need to do to determine how much we need to save first of all you want to make a list of your rent or your mortgage utilities phone cable internet car payments gas if you're riding the bus bus tickets okay credit card payments and other debts, your groceries and other needed expenses that you can't do without. Once you have that total, you know what? Some of you are going to say to yourself, well, nah, I can't save anything, let alone this. Okay. Or you're not sure. Hey, I might need to cut some corners here. Others might be saying, yeah, this is a reasonable number for sure. But the big question is how do you go about reducing your expenses continuing with what you're doing to start saving the money. The key here is every little bit counts, okay? So, one of the things you can do is you can go online and get one of those automated tools or an app or the or a banking account and all you really need to do is move so much money every single pay period into your savings account for emergencies. You know what? You can do it automatically. You can set it up through your payroll. It's very simple, very straightforward. Now, Next thing, count your coins and bills. Empty your pockets each day and start collecting the extra cash. So if you have coins or dollar bills, then take that collection to the bank and put it directly in your savings account instead of your checking account. If you're doing this and it's $10, $20 every single week, hey, that is, what, $40 to $80 a month, almost $1,000 a year. It's a great way to get started, Okay. you want to watch your spending use the dollar bills instead of the credit cards or the debit cards it's harder to part with cold hard cash than just plopping down a card and paying for it later now prep for your grocery shopping people lose more money on impulse buying when it comes to shopping for food or groceries the whole shot sometimes they overbuy i know i do that more than my fair share so a little work before going to the grocery store can make a long, long way to help you save money in your groceries. You want to take a look at your pantry so you're not overbuying. There's been many times where I looked at my pantry and there's a couple sacks of potatoes and one was rotting and I had the other one there and wasn't even planning to use it for a while, okay? Make a list to avoid impulse buying, okay? Get coupons. Go to coupon.com to get rebates and save on the foods that you're buying, okay? When you're going out to eat, order smaller servings at a a restaurant, opt for appetizers or split an entree with your dining companion. Why would you want to do that? One, hey, you don't have to pay as much. I have one uh, one set of clients. One of the ways that they looked at losing weight, it's really interesting. One of the ways they looked at losing weight is when, when they went out to eat, as opposed to buying two plates at 18 or 20 bucks a piece, plus a drink, they're up to almost $60 for the meal. They decided to share one of the larger meals. Okay, so they would get a surf and turf. It might be $25, but they're both getting the same meal. It's half. They're eating the chips or whatever and they're having that drink, but their bill went from 60 down to 30. That's a $30 savings every time they go out to eat, which means their money went farther, but more importantly, they weren't wasting it and able to save some. Get discounts on entertainment. Take advantage of free days at museum, national parks to save on entertainment costs. Ask for discounts if you're a senior, if you're students or you're military. Hey, you could save a bunch of money that way. Also consider creating a social interaction with a group of people, either through hiking at a park, at a lake or whatever, to where all you got to do is drive there and you only have the cost of gas, although gas has gone up, but it's less expensive than paying to go somewhere. Okay restrict online shopping. You know what? It's so easy to, to impulse shop when you're online because then you just click it and they send it to you. It's already paid. Hey, consider doing this. Before you complete that online shopping deal, make it so that you have to put in your credit card information, your address, the whole shop. That way, you know what? It'll make you think a little bit more before you hit that impulse button. And the next thing you know, you got something on your doorstep that you just paid for. Hey, make your own gifts, do it yourself, you know, saving money on affordable gift ideas like herb gardens or gift baskets. You know what we did? My, my wife and I, along with my mom, put together all of her recipes, along with pictures from when she was little, all the way through today with the whole family. You know what the reality is? The family loved that gift. And we'll keep it longer than that shirt or that gift card that we gave them last year. In fact, if it's a shirt or pair of jeans or shoes, they probably you know returned it and bought something else with it. So it wasn't that important to you, okay? Lower your car payment. Interest rates are low. You can always refinance your car debt. Not a problem. Hey, you know what? That's it for the Saving with Steve show today. I want to thank you all for joining us. We had Leisha Schreier, the timeshare creator, gave us the ins and outs of what's going on with timeshare. If you're looking to save money whether or reduce your expenses, to save money for emergencies, travel, house, whatever, we just gave you that. Next week, we have Isma Mangla, who's from Magnify Money. She's going to be talking to us about how we can make sure we can bring people up that need some help with their savings and how you could do it, she's going to have some wonderful tips. We're going to look forward to seeing you next week. I want to thank you for joining us here right here on Saving with Steve. Stay safe,
0: stay healthy. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been The Saving With Steve Show, hosted by Steve Sexton.